We don't have the rights to play Katy Perry's Just Eat jingle. And also, but if we, we need Just Eat to sponsor us so that we can play the jingle. <laughs> <laughs> just Eat hear us right now. We're just two little broke boys. Just two little broke boys who just need a sponsor. <laughs> just need a spice bag. <laughs> just, just need a spice uh, Do you know what? I'd take spice bags as payment. Or that would be nice. Like the jingle says, I would take some curry in a hurry. Oh, yeah. I'd have a sub in the tub. Ice I mean, cream with a swirl for the California girl. Curry in a hurry, but I'd go more like the five in one, as in like curry sauce, yes. Ooh. But not like a normal curry. I'd go classic five in one, curry sauce. You got your rice, you got your chips, you got your chicken balls and shredded chicken. Because most people say four in one. They forget mm-hmm. that a five in one has two types of chicken and it's better. Did somebody say just eat? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to We Don't Have the Rights, the show where we talk about music but don't have the rights to show you any of the music we're talking about. But hey, look, we'll get to show it to you guys eventually when we get hired by somebody. But until then, you're just going to have to listen to us talking about the music and just imagine that it's playing while we're talking about it with me in studio. As always, as he is in every single episode of this podcast, it's incredible the amount of times that he shows up here. It's Rory Egan. I'm Rory Egan, and that is Colonel McGonagall. Thank you very much for introducing me. I forgot to introduce myself. myself. I'm just so selfless like that, Rory. That's what it is. And what is this? We're doing what two white guys do. Hell yeah. This is two white guys taking their bras off and talking about music. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? We can get away with it. Yeah. We can say that we're a little bit different. That we're not just two white guys. We're not like other guys. We're, we're not like other guys. We're different. <laughs> we have so much to talk about today. Firstly, we did a little debut episode. We did. Didn't we? Yeah. What did we cover? We covered that week's news. We talked about Harry Styles' album. We recommended songs to each other, which we are going to be covering in this episode. And we've got a few other fun little bits mm-hmm. coming up that we won't reveal just yet. Welcome to We Don't Have the Rights. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Episode Epi- one, baby. Episode, episode one. No, no, we have to keep saying that it's episode one. I said the bit was going to be that we do it for every episode. Oh, no, I thought it was going to be that we pretend that every episode is episode one. Oh. Oh, never mind. Oh. See, when me and Connell were recording episode one. Wait, wait, wait. We have to, yeah, just remember, we have to explain the joke because it's funnier. Mm, yeah, yeah, we do because <laughs> it's two white guys on a podcast. <laughs> we started just during the episode. If you go back and listen... If we, we haven't just, deleted that bit. Yeah. <laughs> we just kept saying to each other, episode one, baby, episode one. <laughs> so I just said, let's make it a bit that we introduced every episode of the podcast like it's a spelling bee. So it'd be episode two, baby, episode two. I feel like we should just pretend that they're all episode one. I'm not convinced. I have a deep problem with that con on the Oh, Let's start this argument right now. Actually, we've done that now. I'm yeah, I know. We've already done that bit. <laughs> We're creating too many inside jokes for ourselves. Me and Cuddle mm. have known each other for 11 years. Oh, we've lasted okay. longer than Little Mix. Hell yeah. That's our logline. Um, so this is just something fun. F that you Little Mix, as I like to say. And I say the exact opposite. I believe in Little Mix supremacy. Yeah. I agree. So we have plenty <laughs> to talk about. Cuddle, what um, are we doing today? So... Today on the show, we are going to talk about some hot and fresh news. Although, I will say, we are recording this podcast a little bit in advance because Rory's going away, he's going to a gig, so it won't be as fresh, but it'll still be hot because we're putting it in the microwave, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's fine. 
but we're going to be talking about what Rory's going to be up to in terms of his concerts. A little bit of longitude news. Drake's new album, other gigs and festivals coming up. A new segment called the Back Catalog that we're starting. Brand new segment on episode two. (laughs) Episode two, baby. Episode two. (laughs) And then as well as that, we are going to do a little bit of, uh, did you listen to that thing that I asked you to listen to, where we give each other a recommendation, listen to it, review it, and then give each other another recommendation for the next week. And yeah, that's, that's what we got on the show today. So, Rory, you are going to a gig. What gig are you going to? I'm going to see Lord in Alexandra Palace, colloquially known as Ali Pali, in London mm-hmm. on her Solar Power tour. This is, I believe, the biggest show, headline show at least, of the tour. She is doing some big festivals and I'm very excited for her. I bought the ticket almost a year ago. I also saw her in Amsterdam about a week or two ago. I bought those tickets within a few days of each other because I was like, I have never seen her. I'm a huge fan of hers. And why not? Why not say screw it and see see her twice? Because this was also the summer when nothing was really happening because of COVID, at least gig-wise. But that's not the only person that you're doing that for as well. You've got multiple tickets to singular artists this in is, a couple of cases. Like, the, Lord isn't the only one. This is the first time that I've gone to more than one show of the same tour. Of course, I want to see any artist that I enjoy. I will want to see them whenever they roll about, Mm. whenever they pop into town. Yeah, then about six months after I bought these tickets, she announced that she was playing Forbidden Fruit. It would be rude not to go when she's in my back garden. And especially when it would be the first of the gigs and I'm seeing her at home. So yeah, this will be the third time that I'm seeing her this month. And then, you know, she'll probably go back on hiatus and I'll see her in another five years. So I'm really making the most of it. It also turns out that Charlie XEX, who I'm also quite a fan of, is doing a show maybe three or four days before that in the vicinity of London. So it just overlaps perfectly time-wise that I get to go to both of them. This is a bit like Lord, where I'm seeing her twice in a short space of time. I saw her in the Olympia on her crash tour a few weeks ago, but this is different because it's a once-off show. In a small venue, she recently played Ali Pali, sold out all 10,000 tickets, the biggest show of her career. Actually, Ali Pali, the only way that I know it is through snooker. Yes. Yes, it's a popular multi-purpose venue, a bit like Mm -hmm. the RDS in Dublin. But this is a show in a nightclub with about a fifth of the capacity of Ali Pali, and it's an all-eras show. So her most recent album, Crash, was the last one of her deal, bookmark moment the end of a huge long period of time over 10 years of working and now she's kind of restarting again onto a new chapter after this end so she's doing an all eras show so I'm going to have a chance to see songs that I probably will never see at a headline show or anything else so I'm really excited for that recently my life has been a bit hectic for good reasons I recently did what I was calling Rory's best week ever TM I recently did a thesis and I finished my undergrad I wanted to make sure I had fun in the week's after it so i planned a lot of fun stuff gonna take you through it real quickly on the saturday night i saw billy eilish here on sunday night i saw lord also here a forbidden fruit it was transcendent did a lot of crying and then on monday morning flew out to amsterdam because i was seeing her in amsterdam on wednesday night got to do some touristy bits in amsterdam lovely city flew back on thursday morning because fell in a galley was friday through sunday all my friends stayed until friday night i left on thursday morning because Felony Galley is so special. Between all that, I basically broke my body, (laughs) but my soul feels fulfilled and nourished. My right boot also didn't survive the festival weekend. I saw a video of that. It went through a lot. I won't bore you with the long details of the story, but Mm. 
there was a lot of cellar tape used that weekend and <laughs> on the Sunday morning when we were packing up our stuff we gave a fond farewell to the sole of my right boot beautiful I remember just with soles flopping off whenever I hear about them flopping off or see them flopping off I remember we used to do dance in primary school just like a little bit of Irish dance originally we all had these plain black slipper shoes and it was just a way of making sure that kids didn't get mud in the classrooms and you know yeah you go outside in your regular runners and whatever but as soon as you come into the classroom you take them off you put your little slippers on you do the dance in the slippers but the soles would sometimes fall off them and some of the kids just wouldn't say anything to their parents if the soles were falling off They'd wait for the big show. You know, it wasn't that it was high quality stuff. It was more just sort of get kids dancing and then show off a bit to the parents that it's, hey, you know, this is what we've been getting your kids to do. But I remember some of the kids, they would have their souls flopping off. The parents had absolutely no idea until they were on stage. And then the parents were really embarrassed because they were looking at their kids' (laughs) souls flopping off while all the other parents were watching as well. And they felt really bad. Whenever I hear souls flopping off, that's what comes to mind for me. Great time. Beautiful. Incoming is one of Dublin's biggest music festivals, Longitude. Yes. Returning to Marley Park after a long, dry spell. And it has a very big, star-studded lineup. Headlining, you have Dave, Tyler the Creator, and ASAP Rocky. Also on the lineup, you have Megan the Stallion, you have Kid Leroy, you have H, Jack Harlow, Mabel, Denise Chyla. You have Denise Chyla. You have Denise Chyla. Jax Jones, you have Cello, you have Reggie Snow, Slow Tie, Becky Hill, Kojak... Kaki Kid, 49th and Main. Lots of Irish artists I've noticed this year, a, which is great. That's a really big name lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Reggie Snow, first time I ever heard of him was at Longitude about seven years ago, seven or eight years ago. And I had no clue who he was. Glad to see that he's going back, uh, yeah. even though I won't be at Longitude myself this year, probably. <laughs> I don't know. I will. So I might see if I can get a ticket. What was the other one I was going to say? Oh, yeah. ASAP Rocky. What are your thoughts on ASAP Rocky? I don't know any of his music off the yeah. top of my head, not going to lie. I know he's going out with Rihanna. Shout out, Rihanna, when is the damn album coming out? But also, I was working at Longitude in 2019 when he was arrested in Sweden. Mm. And it seemed like all the way up to the day of the festival, they did not know whether or not he was going to be able to perform. I arrived on site an hour or two before gates opened and the merch stand had ASAP Rocky t-shirts there. Mm. And it was the day he was meant to be performing. And it was maybe an hour after gates opened that they announced Ski Mask, the slump god, will be closing off the main stage instead of ASAP Rocky because he was clearly still Mm. in jail. (laughs) Speaking of that sort of thing, bit of uh, hot news that, like I said, we're putting in the microwave because we're talking about a little bit in advance. Is it on a timer? Ding! Lovely stuff. Thank you for heating that up for me, Rory. Anytime. It's a nice, tasty, tasty meal now. Mm-hmm. So this one's from The Guardian in the UK. Lil Wayne will not perform at UK Festival after Home Office refused entry. Lil Wayne was due to be at Strawberries and Cream Festival in Cambridge, but was banned from entering the UK at the last minute, according to the event organisers. Of course, Grammy Award winning American rapper, and he was meant to play on the Saturday. It was going to be his first UK show in 14 years after he had his visa application refused. This has happened before with Lil Wayne as well. He was meant to play another festival too, but that got cancelled. Basically what it is, is that he has a weapons charge in the US. And anybody who has that kind of a charge is not allowed into the UK. They're not allowed a visa. But in America, Lil Wayne was pardoned by Donald Trump in Trump's last moments in office. Wow. So the charges were never brought up in America properly. Wow. So a little little fun fact for you there. Yeah. Do you ever listen to Lil Wayne? 
No. The only yeah. song off the top of my head is Let It Rock with Kevin Rudolph. I was a big fan of that song when I was starting to kind of explore music independently of my parents. Mm. And I started listening to the radio, which I know is just what's hot right now. Yeah. But the fact that I was eight or nine years old. It was a big thing. <laughs> picking what radio station I listen to and what music I want to hear. Mm. That was a big deal. And that was a big song at the time. I remember a bit of that as well with the Black and Gold. Mm-hmm. Big one for me. Lupe and Fiasco, Superstar, is another one that springs to mind. Mm. Tiny Temper also had a few. Like, American Boy by Estelle and Kanye West. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, which is now a very safe party classic. What else? I wish big? I was a punk rocker. Yeah. I can't remember. Is that the name of the song? I think it was Pink released that. I'm not sure. But that was another one around about that time of, you know, what primary was school. Like, Bleeding like Love by school. Leona Lewis. <laughs> that oh, was yeah. huge at the time. What was the first CD that you ever bought? Ooh, well, first album that I ever bought with my own money was Bad by Michael Jackson. Also, I say CDs because I know a lot of older people will say, what was the first tape you bought or what was the first vinyl yeah. that you bought? But I think our age, it was CDs probably for us for the main part. I wasn't really given CD singles as much as a mm. child, but now I kind of like to buy CD singles from charity shops because it's just really nice to have. That's actually what's very nostalgic to me. Mm. It's having a song that was like huge 15 years ago and having the CD single for it. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie, I brag a slightly impressive collection. I have like Miami by Will Smith. Mm. I have uh, Usher, yeah. Oh, Hips yeah. Don't Lie by Shakira. Actually, I was oh. in Enable Ireland in Fibsborough a few weeks ago and I got loose by Nelly Furtado for a euro. Damn. Yeah. Shakira reminds me, I saw an interview. I'm not a fan of Jimmy Fallon, but mm. I saw an interview that she did with Jimmy Fallon. She wasn't allowed into her choir when she was younger because the choir teacher, the music teacher thought that she was too disruptive and her voice was too strong and other kids made fun of her for it and said that she sounded like a goat. Ooh. But that's Shakira. Yeah. It's so strange that- And hey, she is the goat. (laughs) The weird thing is, that's what Jimmy Fallon said. Oh no! (laughs) I hate you. Led you right into a trap. And I didn't even mean to. I didn't mean to. I swear. Moving on and going forwards, because the first CD that I bought was Lordy. Oh, yeah. Finish Eurovision winners from God knows what year that was. 2005. I'm going to take your word for it. But that was the first CD that I remember buying. It was an EP that they did with the winning song. But the reason I say that that's moving on as well is because another bit of news. The Eurovision this year, of course, was won by Ukraine. No surprise. But because of everything that's going on, the UK are set to host Eurovision 2023. Of course, the UK did a lot better this year than other years. I think they came second, and that's probably part of the reason that they were asked. I think that was the main reason given by the Eurovision organizing body. But I'm assuming also a lot of it has to do with money and venue and the fact that if they bring it to the UK, that it'll boost the Eurovision profile again, I guess. Every time that they have us in an Eastern European country, I guess it probably doesn't get as much of a, a live traction for it we shouldn't operate that way but it's just that there is a bigger audience that would go to it in the UK so you'd be able to fill out a much larger venue for it I'd say it doesn't matter where the Eurovision is held they're going to have a huge imbalance of supply and demand for tickets because people from all over Europe want to go to it people from all over Europe want to go but if it's in the UK they'll pick a bigger venue and they'll sell yeah. it out yeah, you know? true. I doubt they do this but I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they stuck the Eurovision in Wembley I would. I think it's always been in an arena. Wembley has a roof as well, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know. We will see. Another quick note about 
the UK that I'm very interested on. This is something I can only mention briefly because we've yet to see how it works out. But about eight or nine months ago, Tap, who are a management company whose biggest client in the UK is Dua Lipa, they were set by the UK's Eurovision committee to find the person and the song for the UK this year. And so I was watching the final. I was in Berlin at the time. I'm not a huge Eurovision watcher, but I kind of enjoy it if it's on and the people I was with really wants to watch it. And I was very keen on seeing how the UK did because I was like, if they win this, the stock for that company is going to zoom up. And the fact that they got second place, so many points, and the song was number two in the charts, beaten out by As It Was by Harry Styles, which, I mean, you're going up against a juggernaut of a song. And let's be honest as well, it was better than the Ukrainian song that won. (laughs) We're we're being realistic about it here. Um, Of of course, the political reasons had to outweigh it. And rightly so. But yeah, so I'm very interested to see what happens with TAP going forward. I would be interested to see that as well, just with the Eurovision itself. I think the only year that I didn't watch it was probably the year that it was in Israel. Yeah. And I think a lot of people decided for political reasons, same as me, not to watch it because of that. But apart from that year, because a lot of people were doing it in solidarity, after that, it's sort of hard to avoid because people get drawn back into it. And it's this massive cultural event. So obviously, yeah, we don't want the Eurovision to support Israel. But it is hard to let go of something like that when you do want to reclaim it at the same time. Yeah. Will we move on to our last bit of hot and fresh news? Yeah, we really need to. (laughs) Yeah, we really should. We've been talking a lot about festivals. Nice bit of news here. This is from NME.com. And the headline is fundraiser launched to send terminally ill Glastonbury veteran to this year's festival. So this is a guy called Nigel Stonehouse. He's attended Glastonbury for the last 30 years. Wow. And a GoFundMe campaign was launched by his friends to send him to Glastonbury. He's 58 year old. He was diagnosed with kidney and lung cancer in May. Obviously very sad. But he's been attending Glastonbury, like I said, for 30 years. And he was set to attend this year's edition, but was going to be unable to travel without medical assistance. So friends of his launched the campaign and decided to try and raise funds to transport him by helicopter from the hospital that he's at. Long story short, they succeeded. Different artists, for example, Fatboy Slim, decided to share the campaign on Twitter. So obviously that helped boost it and everything. The goal was 12,000 and it was exceeded. Nice. So, come on, Nige. Enjoy Glastonbury. I hope you did. Hope you enjoyed Glastonbury, Nige. Yeah. Will we move on to our album review? Mm, yeah. Our album this week was a surprise drop from last week, which was Drake's Honestly Nevermind. Mm. Rory, initial thoughts? Underwhelmed. I mean, this is the second time you said underwhelmed. I hate to start it off with that word again, but I was underwhelmed. What about it underwhelmed you? As I said on last week's show, I've never listened to an entire Drake album. He wouldn't be someone who's majorly on my radar outside of business interests because I'm a music industry nerd. I like to keep up with just what's going on in general. And of course, I'm aware of all his singles because they're huge and they do really well. And I know I like lots of his singles, but I'd say Views is the only album that I'd know some of the slightly deeper cuts on. So it was a new experience for me to be listening to an entire Drake album especially given the profile he has, how successful he's been. I was very intrigued to listen to it, but I got quite bored of it. It got to a point where I just felt like the songs were just recycling the same message over and over again. Lyrically, it just didn't stand up against a lot of hip hop that's out there now. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I don't mind when 
Drake features on somebody else's songs, but I don't really like his original work. I think he's fine as an addition because his voice is sort of unique in a sense. Mm. But listening to that in a full album, that uniqueness dies off quite quickly. Going through song by song here, obviously it starts with a short intro. Have you ever been somewhere for a massage? No, but I get um, what you mean. Yeah, that it was one of those things where it's playing really yeah. relaxing music to try and get you in the mood for it. Yeah. But then, yeah, so it goes into Falling Back, which is the first main track. Bass is nice, but there's nothing really special about it. I did enjoy that one. Uh, yeah. It's club ready. I feel mm. like it's gagging for a remix by a big DJ. I yeah. feel like if a bit, if a, not a big DJ, but if the right DJ did a good remix of it, this could be huge. And it reminds me of Supercut by Lord from the amazing album Melodrama <laughs> in that there's a really long outro with a line repeated over and over. I just felt like the the lyrics were very self-indulgent as well. And I'm going to say that a lot about this album. It yeah, that's really what I was also getting at. In quite a lot of the songs. And the thing is, you know, I don't think that Drake is a bad person or anything like that. It's just that he's very self-obsessed throughout this entire thing. That's the thing. He doesn't like, come across well. That's sort of how I felt about it too. As a media personality, I think that Drake is quite a fun character outside of his music. I'm a big basketball fan myself, and Drake is a massive supporter of the Toronto Raptors. He had courtside seats throughout the playoffs when they won the championship, and there were a lot of really fun moments that Mm. came with that. I don't dislike Drake himself, but I really hate this album so much. (laughs) Yeah, I was like... Even then, text go green. I like that it's a tr- there's a transition from intro into falling back into text go green. But even then, by the time the text go green is finished, I think these two tracks had so much more potential. Even mm. if he's being self-indulgent in both of them, you can still do that in a good way. Because obviously, we both like a lot of songs by a lot of artists that are self-indulgent and are saying, I'm great or I'm doing this, blah, 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 blah. But both of them as well are quite like a stream of consciousness in the verses. Mm. It feels like he had the track playing in the studio and he did, which a lot of writers do, where you just write everything that you think of but that he didn't go back and edit it and form verses out of it and form flows out of it. That's kind of what it felt like. I've seen a lot of people say that they will just think of a situation or what they want to write about and literally write everything that comes into their head, whether it's verses, individual lines, images, all that blah, 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 on a page, word vomit it, and then cut it down or like pick bits and make something out of it yeah a lot of refining this felt very it. not just in the lyrics but also in the music itself that it just felt very directionless yeah like there was no purpose to any of the actual music that was playing behind what he's doing it's just yeah it's just that the music and it feels the music unfinished was, yeah but it was like the music was made as just sort of a backing track and then he put the lyrics on top and left it at that yeah and he has some great producers on this there are so many moments where I thought this track is sick. I love it. I love how it sounds. But the lyrics are not really doing anything. And again, you can have those moments of self-importance, but it feels very samey. He feels like he's constantly just trying to get girls on hold and not wanting to commit to them. And he has this woe is me mentality. Yeah. A lot of the songs are breakup songs, essentially. Yeah, or but it seems like breakup breakups songs. to different people constantly. Whereas I kind of like when it's one breakup in an album. Yeah. 
to me, this felt like it was one breakup that he was going through mm. throughout the entire album, but he was going through all the stages of a breakup and the, the sort of denial and blaming the other person and then wanting them back. Obviously, that, naturally, I feel if you're a songwriter and you go through something major like a breakup, if it inspires you to write one song, it's probably going to inspire you to write 20 songs. If yeah. it's something that's as big as a breakup, especially, you know, to varying degrees, how important and meaningful that relationship was to you but it doesn't feels mean like you he... should be putting all 20 songs on your album you can pick one or two really good ones mm. you and know? it feels like he did put all 20 songs yeah. On. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but some of the lyrics here in Texaco Green I just found kind of funny that it's things like saying you're still thinking about me though and that he's trying to say that he's over her but that she's not over him despite the fact that he's the one writing a song about this yeah and the fact that he says <laughs> the word ting yeah, yeah. I don't know how much further I can go into it because a lot of my notes for a lot of the songs are kind of the same. <laughs> That's yeah. See, I can I, I can don't even have notes for the last four songs. Yeah, I I, mean, I I honestly couldn't finish it. Yeah, I'll kind of fly through a lot of my notes here to be honest. Currents, let's get let's get like lightning round music. Okay, lightning round. Currents felt like he wrote this love song in five minutes. Yeah, the squeaking sound doesn't help. No, yeah, it doesn't help at all. A keeper. All I wrote for this was GTF over yourself. (laughs) (laughs) But I did like the line, uh, got you Mercedes Benz, but that don't make you driven. I thought that was so cheesy. Oh, I liked it. It's a bit of fun. Calling my name also feels unfinished. Uh, And this is track six of 14. And I said, so far, it's quantity over quality. And as well as that, sorry, one of the lyrics in that, your pussy is calling my name. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wrote that lyric and then wrote, this album was written by a (laughs) (laughs) 12-year-old. Playing Call of Duty. (laughs) Track seven, Sticky. I actually quite liked that one verse one I thought was good and he Mm. shouts out those that he loves I enjoyed it I liked a lot of the verses in that but I thought the sort of sex pest slid in a lot Mm, of the chorus yeah yeah. putting that aside the verses were very good in that well they were decent they were decent massive I wrote here I can't tell who broke up with who at first (laughs) but I feel like she left him now although the song was musically it was a bit better than some of the other ones I thought it was a Um, bit better lyrically it was just messy it showed more of his inner thoughts it was kind of better at conveying the message of what he wanted to say has another long outro which is also okay Mm. I'm not complaining about the long outro it reminds me of Say Something by Karen Harding which was a staple of our teeny bop disco years Mm. what else flight's booked he's pleading with someone called Leela and I hope it actually was Leela because I wrote this in Google Docs which sometimes autocorrects your words so I hope (laughs) hope it wasn't something like Lily that it autocorrected and the chorus is fun I thought that this was a better song about going through a breakup at first, but then he gets into the please don't make this all about you thing. And that just, oh, come on, man. If someone wants to break up with you, just let them break up with you. (laughs) 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 I feel a little bit bad for the guy, but also just come on, you wrote a fucking album about this and you're making your millions. Overdrive felt again similar sort of condescending speaking down to the person breaking up with them a bit to me I said for Overdrive track is really really good lyrics aren't anything special and the last one two Mm. three four songs I've no notes I'll run through the last four ones I said Downhill this is where I was like okay so he's going through the different stages of a breakup yes and that he was starting to want the person back but then the song just gets repetitive tie that binds look I've been to a counsellor okay 
I find it very helpful. You know, if you're going through mental health problems, try it. It really does help. And as well as that, if you find in a relationship that you were incredibly dependent on the other person, that's a bad sign. That means that you should go to talk to somebody and work on yourself. I know that we've been joking through a lot of this, but very genuinely, he seems yes. really over-dependent on whoever he's talking about in this. So it was kind of worrying to listen to that. The amount that he needed this person who had now broken up with him was yeah. just sort of, yeah, it, it was kind of troubling, to be honest. The guitar thing in it was all right. It felt a bit aimless there. There was no sort of purpose or story to it. Liability. Shout out to Lord. Shout out to Lord. Liability, a sad song, sex pesty thing kind of returns at the end. I was about to say shout out to Lord for a second time until you said sex pesty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Jimmy Cooks at the end. It was fine. It was a bit better than the rest. But again, I, I wrote, get over yourself. 21 Savage isn't a great feature, to be honest. Not my kind of style for rap. And the album could have done with a lot more features because he was the only feature on the album. It could have done with a lot more just to actually mix it up a bit because of how repetitive the album was getting. But he just didn't, he didn't do that. Cool. I think we can say definitively because of the lack of middle ground on the internet, worst album ever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, cool. We can agree on something. (laughs) Great. All right. Moving swiftly onwards. We're going to move now to a new segment. Brand new segment. I know. We're mixing it up. Episode two, baby. Episode two. I know. We've done so much where we followed our formula. We went so long with it. But, you know, we decided just to put a little twist in there just to see what happens. So this is called a back catalogue where we're just going to talk about old things that we decided to go back to and listen to recently. What's in our on repeat that isn't a new release? Yes. Rory, would you like to take it away with whatever's on your back catalogue right now? I was listening to a lot of Lord lately because I've seen her twice in the last week or two and I'm seeing her again soon. But I thought I've talked about her a lot on this episode. So I thought, you know what? Give it a little rest. I'll bring her back up on the next episode. (laughs) It's a temporary goodbye. It's a, no, it's a see you later, not a goodbye. Mm. What I've been listening to a lot in the last few days was an artist called Ray, which is spelt R-A-Y-E, who is from Croydon in London. The reason why I've been listening to a lot of Ray in the last while is because she is announcing her first, her kind of her first single of a whole new chapter. She announced it last week. I found out when I was coming home from Malahide after the Killers. It's being released on the 30th of June. So I'm so excited for it because as a pop music person, obviously I listen to a lot of pop artists and the kind of loosely related genres. And she is one of the best vocalists and one of the best writers in that genre. But she had a big problem last summer where she kind of took to Twitter to explain that she was in a stifling situation with her record deal. She had become quite well known as the vocalist on a lot of big songs that were dance, got heavy radio play, heavy club play, songs like You Don't Know Me with Jax Jones, By Your Side with Jonas Blue, Regard, Secrets, what else is there? She recently worked with Disclosure. She also had Bed with Joel Curry last year. These are all huge songs. And one thing that always surprised me because I became a fan of her solo work was that the solo work somehow never got the same attention or success. I know a lot of artists or have seen a lot of stories of artists who do something and then maybe they do one feature with a DJ and that is huge. Such as, for instance, Marin Mars, country singer, And then she featured on The Middle with Zed, which was a massive song. She did something completely different, whereas Ray's stuff was not totally different. And I could never understand why. 
I can understand why the middle was big. It was something that is popular, gets radio play. Country music isn't as mainstream. We all know that. So it made sense why that one song that Marin Mars did shot out. But Ray never did. And she explained that she had been signed for seven years on a four album deal and had not released an album yet. And she was currently pushing a single and she was getting a lot of pressure from her label to have it enter the top 10 of the UK chart or they wouldn't release her the budget for her album. And she is a prolific writer. She's written for so many artists and she explained that she had written albums upon albums worth of songs that were collecting dust in her hard drives. And she was giving these out to huge artists. She's written Little Mix songs, she's written for Zara Larson, she's written for Beyonce. She's so many great credits, but had never been allowed to release an album. And so she rebelled last summer. I was kind of living for it, not going to lie. She did all those tweets, but then she went on Instagram Live and she explained the situation. She did cry, but then she decided to leak a load of songs on Instagram Live. And let me tell you, those songs are banging. Yeah, because if you like songs that'll kind of like make you bop and dance along, that's the right thing for you but also her melody and lyric writing skills in terms of creating something catchy are unsurpassed I have a whole Spotify playlist based on a particular style of lyric writing and I noticed it because of something that she does I don't know if it's consciously or not but she has such a rhyming capability for songs that it hooks you and so she got to leave the deal she is now saying that that's because she threatened to go to the press with the story. It was a very messy situation. And now she's independent and is releasing her first single under that deal, which is called Hard Out Here, which is also a Lily Allen song. And I'm very interested to see what's going to happen because she's been very quiet since then, especially on social media. She's kind of like working in the background mm. on her stuff. And I was like, cool, I can be patient. So I've been listening back to a lot of her work, especially her mini album it's not a full album it didn't go as part of her deal called euphoric sad songs from 2020 if you like anything related to the pop genre or if you like to have a bit of a dance she's a great artist that was a stream of consciousness i'll have to check her out you'll definitely Um, like know her stuff mm. you'll know a lot of the features that she was on but she describes it as being treated as a rent a vocal yeah because she just get thrown to write lyrics and a melody to a song by a dj and to be a vocalist on it and then that song will get so much push Meanwhile, her stuff isn't completely incongruous and somehow never broke through. I was so confused by that. Mm. It wasn't like she was doing country music and then decides to do a dance song, which is great for mainstream and gets you out there. But somehow her own stuff wouldn't. And turns out it appears that it was label troubles and the label wouldn't support her. What you're saying about that, I'd probably recognize it. That happens to me a lot with music that I hear something, I like it, but I don't try to figure out what it is. I just sort of enjoy the music and then I forget to try and find out who actually sang it or who wrote it. I would give you a few samples of them, but you know, we don't have the rights. Exactly. Hey, you said the name of the show. Hey, well done, everybody. We did it. Self plug on my own back catalog. We mentioned ASAP Rocky earlier. Hey, yo. What I always find annoying though is that I listen to a lot of a rapper called Aesop Rock that's A-E-S-O-P or okay Aesop Rock has been around a lot longer than Aesop Rocky okay so I listened to his first two albums which were Appleseed and Labor Days Appleseed came out in 1999 and Aesop Rock is still going now so he's going strong I listened to Labor Days first and then I went back on Appleseed 
Appleseed is really good and he shows a lot of a lot of talent in it but he clearly didn't have a lot of resources when he was making it like because it was his first album but when he went into labor days absolutely stunning just completely nailed it the song daylight in particular is one of his more well-known ones from that album and it's probably his earliest famous song i guess although when i say famous aesop rock is quite underground when it comes to rap i do love a bit of underground rap myself daylight no regrets Tugboat Complex Part 3 and the 95ers Anthem are some of my favourite songs off that album. So if you do want to check it out, I would recommend those songs. But I'm not going to recommend those songs because our next segment <laughs> involves recommendations. Uh, Roy, did you listen to that thing that I recommended you to? I you? did. Did I you did. listen to that thing that I asked you to listen to? I did. Oh, I did. I did. I listened to Multi Love by Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Colin has spent a long time trying to get me to listen to them and mm-hmm. he, he finally did it. We did it, Joe. What did you think? I was intrigued. The lyrics are, when I say all over the place, they're obviously, they're not clear. It's a bit like how every so often a viral tweet will go around that is kind of recycled that says, we get it, poets, stuff is like other stuff. <laughs> As if that's an original thought. But no, I like lyrics that have all that stuff embedded into the words. I get what the general message of it is. Of course, I haven't been listening to the song long enough to decode all of the lines, mm. but it was nice and chill. It was groovy. It's yeah. about polyamory. It is. Yeah. It, it is about polyamory, but basically what happened was that Unknown Mortal Orchestra, I think I said last week, it's one guy, it's actually two guys. <laughs> you sound like a white guy explaining Tame Impala. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so it's it's two guys, really. It's Ruben Nielsen and bassist Jake Portrait, but Ruben Nielsen does everything else apart from the bass essentially and some of it is just his own his own work as well multi-love Nielsen was married and had kids and then met another woman started falling for the other woman then brought the other woman back to meet his wife and then the other woman and his wife got together as well oh there was a complication there because he was saying that he was in love with these two people but then they fell in love with each other and he started to get a little bit kind of shut out from them a bit so yeah, that's where a lot of the lyrics come from of like, checked into my heart and trashed it like a hotel room. He did meet her and brought her back to his hotel originally when they when they met. The third verse as well. Multi-love, it's not that this song's about her, all songs are about her. He's saying that while this song isn't just about her, it's about his feelings around the whole situation because it's not just this one woman, it's this woman and his wife and him in this complicated triad but at the same time the entire album is based around this whole relationship with the three of them so fearing new kinds of mind control just blaming each other she don't want to be your man or your woman she just wants to be your love that nobody wants to be owned essentially by another person or under control by anyone else so spot on you it's about polyamory wait yeah. oh hell yeah yo yup polyamory in terms of the actual production though what did you think the, I mean the it's not so. usually what I would stereotypically go for Mm. But I still enjoyed it. That's good. You recommended to me White Lies by Ocean Tisdall. Yes. Again, it's not what I'd normally go for either. I did like the lyrics, but I found that one of the things that I, I have a difficulty with in modern pop is when you have that very obvious thing that's somewhere between a clap and a cymbal at the same time. Oh, I I totally disagree with you. Oh, I dislike that thing so much when I hear it because it feels so computer generated for me. Ah, see, I love Um, that. So that that threw me off a little bit. Mm. But that said, 
I really did like the lyrics behind it and a very nice voice to go with it too. And generally some of the effects behind all of that as well, just some of the various instruments that were being used were quite nice. It was just the drum that I could not, <laughs> I could not let go yeah. because of that, that I always have a difficulty with. You were saying you like drums like that. Yeah, I, I just, I really like, obviously it depends on the song and what you're trying to go for, but I don't think there's anything wrong with programmed drums. Depends on the context. This might piss you off, mm. but obviously, again, as I say five times per episode, as a pop music person, if you have drums at a gig and you're doing something that's kind of poppy, but it's kind of the studio recording has a good, often like four to the floor, thumpy kick, mm. and you're kind of like bopping and dancing along with it, I don't think you should be using a live kick drum because it just doesn't sound the same. You know, obviously, you want the live experience to be a bit different. But when a song kind of really thumps at you mm. in that way, when you listen to it in your headphones, you want that live and a live kick drum doesn't do that to the same effect. And that works in some cases. If I'm going to see rock band, I don't think a programmed kick drum would work yeah. for them when they do it. But, you know, you can get pedals now, a kick drum pedal that will play that for you as opposed to thing. I don't mind the rest of it, but there's something about a kick drum that anchors the beat. And when it's like that in the studio recording, I think it sounds much better when it's like that live. And I've been to a few gigs recently where the artists were in Dublin and weren't able to bring their entire band with them. So they had to play kind of a backing track mm. and sort of just their instrument. It was two artists, Frankie Beatlestone and Baby Queen. They both played the guitar. So they played the guitar parts and they had a track with the backing vocals and the drums and everything. And it sounded so good. And it also, it's very hard to get the sound right in a venue especially when you're touring and going to so many venues all the time. But if you kind of have the drum already there, it kind of works anyways. I think if you get a good drummer for it though. But there's there's then. honestly, there's only been one time that I've been to a pop gig where I felt like the use of a live kick actually worked. And I've been to a lot of shows. And actually, again, and again, part of that is just the sort of it's the genre I'm going to. Yeah, and it, I tend to go for a different genre to you. Yeah. Like, like I said, I'm more into rap myself. When I go to um, rock shows, I expect mm, a live kick drum. Yeah, and I've been to a lot of them recently, and it's great. And I think a programmed kick drum here would never work. It would sound off. It just wouldn't be right. But I think for what I'm going to, that's what it is. And Ocean Tistel seems to have some of them. Again, I don't think he's done any, as of recording this, he hasn't done a live gig yet mm. as himself. Obviously, I'll be going when I can. But I picked that because it's my number one song on Spotify of the last six months. And I was finding it very hard to pick which song I recommended. Connell, I wanted to pick something that I enjoy. I didn't want to pick something that I just felt he would like. But, but you've it, now got to pick another song. Yeah. For next week. I did. And also I thought if the person is Irish, that also helps. And Ocean mm. Tisdale is from Wicklow. So I like getting to plug a song. And, you know, whenever I hear a good pop song coming out of Ireland, I want to rally behind it. On the Irish. Yeah. Have you picked a song or part of this as well is that we've said that we can pick an album, but because of time constraints, the person who the album is recommended to can listen to three songs of the album and stop at that. Now you can pick those three songs and I have picked an album and I have picked three songs. From I've also done that because I knew you were going to exploit that loophole yeah. the second <laughs> that you could. And I feel like this might be the only week that I do this because okay. it is three songs, one after the other on an album, because mm -hmm. I feel like it's three songs that close an album and I find them incredible. Yeah. See, I went for a first song and then the last two 
I always find with with a lot of albums that I listen to, it's always the beginning and the end are my favorite parts for some reason. Yeah, that's quite a common thing in albums. Yeah. What have you picked? Seeing as we were talking about ASAP Rocky earlier, and I said, Rihanna, where's the damn album? I got an idea to do this when I was at a birthday party at my friend's house at the weekend. And so I was going into a very long discussion with someone. We were talking about sampling. We were talking about Daft Punk, Kanye West as well. I talked about Dagny and Katy Perry. Mm-hmm. But I brought up Rihanna's latest album, Anti, mm-hmm. which many considered to be her best work. A bit like Drake, I had never listened to a full Rihanna album until this came out. But I said, I'll give it a go. And it's incredible. And it has a cult following now for being great. When was <laughs> that released? 2016. Most people will know Work with Drake, coincidentally, the lead single. But I've chosen the last three songs, Love on the Brain, Higher and Close to You. I've chosen them because the things that she does with her voice in those songs are things that you've never heard before. They're incredibly emotional in good and bad ways. And I feel like it's a very good closer to the album and they flow very well one into the other. So I've set you the challenge of listening to the end of Auntie. All right. I will listen to the end of Auntie. And to be honest, I haven't tried listening to a full Rihanna album. I've heard a lot of her singles, but I am tempted to listen to the full album because I've gotten a lot more into listening to full albums because of that whole narrative aspect that I've Mm -hmm. spoken about before. So I might even listen to the full album and not just the last three songs. Well, I I want you to review the last three songs. Okay. Okay. The one that I've decided to recommend to you, though, how do you feel about a little bit of West African electro funk? I'm trying to guess if I know who this artist is. <laughs> so they're based in London. They sing part in English and part in a Nigerian language. And if I say the name of the Nigerian language, it might give it away if you do know them. See, I just don't want to say anything in case I come across as an ignorant white guy. <laughs> <laughs> Ibibio Sound Yes! Yay! Hell yeah! Yeah, baby! Have you listened to Ibibio Sound Machine's latest album? I have not. Well, in that case, Electricity came out March 25th of this year. So okay, quite recent. recent, yeah. Yeah, very recent one. I'm going to recommend specifically Protection From Evil, which is the opening song, and I'm already going to say is going to end up on my Spotify wrapped at the end of the year. Yes. <laughs> We're coming close to halfway through the year, and I already know that this is going to be yeah. right at the top. And then the last two songs, Almost Flying and Freedom. Okay. And as well as that, one of the things about Electricity, about this album, is that it was produced with Hot Chip. So, Very um, interesting choice. Yeah, I know. I never really thought of mixing Hot Chip with a Bibio Sound Machine because a Bibio Sound Machine have such a unique sound to them. But the collaboration with Hot Chip really worked. They really pulled it off. I'd say that this is their strongest album so far. That's what I'm recommending to you. Electricity by a Bibio Sound Machine, but specifically Protection from Evil, Almost Flying and Freedom. That is great. That's very funny that you mentioned the Spotify wrapped thing because I've tried predicting it this year. Mm. What will happen? Because last year I predicted it was either the end of March or the 1st of April. I put out a tweet and I said, I bet you this will be number one on my Spotify wrapped. Mm. And then when December came around, I got it right. We were maybe a month before Spotify wrapped. I had predicted four of my top five. I think I'd gotten roughly in order as well. So I've been trying to do that as well. And since February been trying to call it and since maybe i'd say halfway through march i've said it's going to be white lies by ocean distill and <laughs> yeah. so it, it is still the number one of the last six months so well there's 
two songs that I think I predicted of my top five that I got right last year, which were Space Hose by MF Doom and A Break in the Action by MF Doom and Starface. Very nice. Well, so. we will find out in whatever many weeks it is until December. <laughs> That'll take I mean, we're, only, we're, we're, no, not, we're doing, not even halfway through the year. <laughs> yeah, but when we get to that episode, I can guarantee you we're not going to do anything else that week. It will just be a, a Spotify rap special. Oh, well. Absolutely. But going to have to make our way to that. And if we want to be alive until those episodes, somebody's got to get food. And where'd you get your food? You got it from Just Eat. And no, I think, you know... No, we're not sponsored by Just Eat yet. Don't do it. I was about <laughs> to say, sponsor us, please. And we will say nice things no, no, like I just said. No, no, do you know what? Go to your local takeaway and pick it up from there or cook food for yourself. Do whatever you want to do. But don't use Just Eat until Just Eat sponsor us. That's what I'm going to say. They've got a catchy jingle. They've made a catchy jingle before with Snoop Dogg too. That was a great one. But don't use them until we have the sponsorship. The sponsors for this week are your local takeaways. Your local uh, takeaways. Whichever one is your local takeaway, they are revoluting us money right now. <laughs> <laughs> so think about it. 50 cent of every spice bag you buy this week goes to us. I mean, it doesn't, but we won't tell them that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll edit this bit out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so we'll we do won't. the thing that I was talking about where we yeah. say that we're going to edit it out and we don't. Yeah, yeah, we won't. Yeah. Okay, we cool. won't. If you want to revolute us directly instead of through your takeaway... You just um, got a hundred number out to people now. I have no issue with that. <laughs> you can also set up a hotline sort of thing where it gives you a number mm. and any things that come through that get forwarded to you mm. so you're not actually giving out your number. Or when people send us letters... Just, we have to explain the letters. Yeah, yeah. So send us physical letters and do like your granny would and just put 20 quid yeah. in a little card yeah, yeah, yeah. in the letter. Yeah, yeah, Okay. And attach Perfect. it to a pigeon. Yeah. So you can send us physical letters by sellotaping the letter to a pigeon. Mm-hmm. Any random pigeon, it will find us eventually. If you want to go a bit more, you know, mainstream with it. Modern. If you don't want that, you know, personal touch of a physical letter, then you can send us an email mm-hmm. at we don't have the rights at gmail.com. Or you can send us a tweet at no, no rights, rights podcast. podcast. You can shout us out on Instagram or you can DM us at we don't have the rights and on TikTok at we don't have the rights. You can't well. DM us there. You well, can't DM us there, but you can check us out. You can catch me, Rory Egan, online at Lameheart, whatever platform that I am on. I'm under that handle L E I M T H A R T. And you can find me at C Gunnigan, S E A G U N N I G A N on various platforms as well i think that's the end of the show if you enjoy give us a review give us a rating subscribe on whatever platform hell yeah and all that jazz music Yep, the voice. <laughs>